0: Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bynus, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Amanda Anguish, who is a marriage and family therapist. And today we're going to be talking about a very pertinent topic when it comes to mental health, and that is the topic of guilt. Now, most of us do not like to feel guilty, but part of what we're going to explore today is feeling guilty always a bad thing, or can there actually be an upside of guilt? So, Amanda, I'd love to hear a little bit from your perspective when you think about the term guilt and maybe that theme is coming up with your clients, is that an issue that you think is actually a good thing, a bad thing? Are you neutral? What are some of the things that we can do to deal with guilt?
1: Well, uh, that's a really good topic to bring up. I'm glad we're doing this because a lot of people do feel guilty or have guilt, but it's something we don't like to talk about very much. And so anytime we don't like to talk about something, sometimes the best thing to do is talk about it. So we take all of those little demons out of you know, the definition and everything and also learn to have a healthy respect for guilt because my job is to help people think differently about things. And so this is this is a topic that I hear a lot. And so it started me thinking, well, maybe we need to think about this differently than we always have. So I do believe there is an upside to go.
0: Absolutely, and that's actually one of the things I love about you, Amanda, is that you are not afraid to delve into the difficult, embarrassing, challenging topics, and mm-hmm. and I've seen Amanda do this, and you know things that will make uh, even the the toughest grown men sweat and <laughs> blush with uh, redness. Amanda's charging through gallantly. So, <laughs> thank you, Amanda, for being so brave. So, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how do you think um, guilt can actually be a good thing Mm -hmm. to explore when you're dealing with it in your personal life or with a client?
1: Um, The first thing I like to do is think of guilt as like a sign. You know, if you get a blister on your heel, you don't ignore it. I mean, some people might. I have before when I was hiking in the wrong shoes, but I didn't have a lot of options. But guilt is like a blister in that the best response is to figure out either what's causing it or change up the way I'm dealing with it. And so that's one of the things about guilt that I want people to know is that guilt is like a sign, just like all the signs on the road that we experience. They're there for a reason and ultimately they're there to protect us. And I believe guilt is also there to protect us. So you could think of it like your most trusted friend.
0: Yeah. And I definitely hear you there because even though there's things in life like pain, you mentioned the blister on Mm -hmm. the foot. And of course, if we get um, hurt somewhere else or we're in pain, it can be a sign that maybe something needs to change. Right. And that's actually a good thing. That's an opportunity for growth. It's sometimes an opportunity for reconciliation, for making things right, et cetera, et cetera. So earlier uh, you and I were talking and there's five tips that we we're discussing that could be helpful for people when they're dealing with guilt. And so I'd like to talk about those a little bit and I'd love to hear your input and take on these things. And so the first thing we were talking about is the importance of naming it. In other words, naming th- that this is guilt. Can you talk talk a little bit on that point?
1: Yeah, sometimes we so don't want to you know, name guilt as one of the things that we're experiencing, and we call that a feeling or emotion. Be, and we want to call it like anger or frustration or sadness or something like that. Sometimes it's because we lack our vocabulary with our feelings. Or even
0: anxiety sometimes. Or even too, anxiety,
1: right? absolutely. But if we're willing to acknowledge all of the emotions that we're experiencing, including guilt, Now the guilt explains why I'm feeling anxious. I could feel all kinds of anxiety uh, going into a social situation with somebody that um, I don't particularly feel comfortable with. But if if I also recognize with the anxiety that there's guilt there, now that starts describing why I'm anxious to be around them. And usually that has something to do with something I want to pay attention to and maybe even remedy.
0: And I'm sitting here thinking, well, why would someone maybe not even want to identify that they're feeling guilty and name that? And I'm thinking, well, maybe sometimes it's because they actually don't want to do that work to remedy the situation. And that could be one reason. Uh, on the other hand, I can imagine that sometimes people are just oblivious. They're not even realizing that there's this guilt, that there's this stuff that's bothering them that they really need to to work on.
1: I think I think the work part is absolutely. We live in a society where we love anything that fixes things fast and we don't have to feel them anymore or feel those difficult emotions, and so we'll do anything to avoid that, but... The real joy comes out of doing the work, remedying the relationship, uh, apologizing, making things right, fixing or changing my life in in certain ways. That's where we get those dopamine hits when we do the work. And so we shouldn't be afraid of the work. It's actually part of the joy of life is overcoming or getting victory over something.
0: And I love that message because I think it encourages us to maybe get over that hump of saying, "Okay, I really do want to explore what's at the root of some of these emotions I'm having. And if it is guilt, let me start doing the work, which really Mm -hmm. brings us to our next tip, our next point, which is exploring the source. Now, how do you think we can best go about actually exploring the source of our, our guilt or figuring out where it's coming from?
1: So this is where I like to show people that one of the reasons we don't like guilt is because we don't recognize where it's coming from yet. And there's two types of guilt, or I, I like to say there's two types of guilt. There's appropriate guilt and there's inappropriate guilt. So inappropriate guilt, the guilt is coming from something I've said or something I've done that might have hurt someone, that might have hurt me, um, whatever the case may be that I have done, and therefore I can do something about, including work, to fix it. The other type of guilt is what I call inappropriate guilt. And that is where I haven't done anything, but maybe somebody else is saying I've done something because they don't want to deal with their own guilt. We call it projection. Mm. But as soon as I identify with that, and I say, somebody says, or say, I say, oh, you're so selfish because you won't share all of your food with me today. But I have food and I'm not lacking food, but I want your food. I just like your food. And then you say, well, Amanda, then I won't have any food. And I say, well, you know, Dr. Binus, you're being really selfish because you won't share your food with me. Well, now that's inappropriate. And it's true. I do
0: t- tend to be kind of selfish with my food. So maybe I should feel guilty about that. I don't know.
1: I think anytime we've ever been in the same place with food, I've always had plenty of my own.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you have Or I've already deprived. eaten first before
1: I'm seeing you like in a meeting or something like that eating. But, um, yeah, I ha- as soon as I start suggesting, or as soon as you start suggesting in that example that oh well maybe I am being selfish, not re- re- recognizing, <laughs> not recognizing that well wait why is Amanda asking me for this food that she obviously is not deficient in? That's when y- when you start saying like oh yeah. I must be selfish. That's what we call projective identification. You're now identifying with what I'm projecting, Mm. which means now you'll have a hard time having healthy boundaries with me because you're already taking the guilt that I'm projecting onto you.
0: So it can actually be a little bit complex, especially if there's someone in your life, which, you know, I, I dare say that. All of us have some people that are going to try to manipulate us in in life and are trying to impose this sense of guilt because they're trying to manipulate us into getting something they actually Mm -hmm. want. And now, how can we actually go about distinguishing whether, you know, we really, because sometimes it can be confusing, especially if this is a spouse or someone close to us, and maybe we've fallen into that trap a long time. How can we sort that out? and? Get out of that cycle if we're actually dealing with inappropriate guilt. Uh,
1: that's a that's a really helpful thing to bring up because a lot of people do have you know suffer from that, especially if they've grown up in an environment where there's a lot of projection of somebody else's um, stuff. And so this is a good time to maybe see a therapist or talk to somebody that you trust who can see things outside of the rawness of that emotion. Because it's really our emotions that keep us from recognizing things logically and rationally. And when that emotion is that raw, sometimes it's just a matter of stepping away and going, "Okay, let me see what's really going on here, going to the frontal lobe of my brain and doing the logic and reasoning part. Um, But sometimes we do need help because we're sort of lost between what's mine and what's theirs. And so I think it it really helps. There's some good books and stuff to help us recognize that too. But um, just having somebody else often is is just the best way to do that.
0: That makes a ton of sense to me because I know sometimes when I'm struggling with a strong emotion, and especially when it's a relational issue with someone close to me, it really is difficult for me Mm -hmm. to sort out: am I seeing this right, or are they seeing it right? And getting that objective outside perspective can be tremendously helpful. And I think that's where therapy or maybe just a wise uh, friend or a pastor or someone else that you really trust that can have that wisdom and that perspective uh, can give input. So let's say now that somebody actually identifies that, no, you know what? My guilt is appropriate. I've done something wrong. I've done something that I need to fix. We, we, we talked about earlier, the third or the third step in dealing with guilt is actually moving toward resolution, uh, resolving the guilt. So what are some things that uh, we need to think about when we're talking about resolving guilt?
1: Yeah, that's, that's um, another helpful thing too, is uh, one of the things that we can do is obviously apologize that's one way to to resolve some of the guilt but that's only usually a very small part of what it takes to really make things right or redeem ourselves in that situation and so one of the best ways and you see this even in aa and na the 12 steps and stuff is that we want to try to make things right now we won't often have the ability to do it there's some collateral damage for what we've done and everything but even asking the person you know I've hurt you or I've done this thing. What can I do to make it right with you is one way. And I
0: I love that because uh, the term I've heard from people going through AA is living amends because it's so easy to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then just doing repeating the same issue again. Are you really sorry if you keep doing the same thing to hurt me? Right. And, and so I love what you're pointing out there. It's not just about saying, I'm sorry, that might be part of it, but that's the easy part. Words are cheap, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> but the, well, unless you're paying a counselor <laughs> or a psychiatrist, <laughs> but um, it's easy to say, I'm sorry or forgive me, but it's a whole nother thing to say, I'm sorry enough that I'm willing to change my behavior, right?
1: I used to ask my kids in the group home when I worked in the group home, you know, they would they would say, oh, I'm sorry. And I would say, well, if you're really sorry, you won't do that again.
0: That's right. And
1: they would look at me like, oh, I thought sorry was enough. (laughs) But they would do things often and they would think, oh, just saying sorry is all I need to do. Because what do we do with kids sometimes? We go, oh, say you're sorry. But we don't realize that there's a lot more work sometimes that needs to be done. Now, it's obviously up to the other person if they're going to give us the opportunity to do that. But there's so many things that we can do even to help remedy that relationship. If it's with another person, sometimes it's with, you know, an, an entity too. you know, a business or something that we need to make it right with whatever whatever we can do. We might be short uh cited in what that is that will help the other person so asking them what they'd like us to do and then within reason trying to to do that
0: yeah and and i like that because you're asking them you're seeing what you can do to make amends but then you're also saying okay is it within reason do they want me to like go you know beat myself up and yeah do these excessively shameful things or whatever to Mm -hmm. prove that i'm sorry Or is it actually a reasonable request?
1: Absolutely. So,
0: what about is there a spiritual component sometimes to resolving guilt as well?
1: Yeah. um, Well, there's a word that you know will often show up in the Bible called repentance, and the the interesting thing about repentance is that it's not just about saying we're sorry, but it literally means doing a one eighty. Meaning turning from what I was doing before and doing something else entirely. So that's part of that's a spiritual context of that, too. But then there's another aspect of that. And that's I hear a lot of people because I do have, you know, clients who are spiritually minded and. Um, particularly Christian clients, who will say things like, I know this person forgives me and I know God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. And so we get stuck in this sort of I have to do something to make it right. But what we don't realize is that's just how I feel, not I haven't done anything. And so I'll put this challenge out there too for anybody listening. If you can find anywhere in the Bible, I was gonna start with a hundred, but I'll even go up to a thousand. If you can find anywhere in the Bible that says I have to forgive myself to be all right, I'll give you a thousand bucks.
0: Oh, there's <laughs> a challenge for all of you podcast listeners if you want to yes. try to earn some money. Although I think you're probably right, Amanda, <laughs> they're gonna have a hard time finding that. And you know, there but there is that important element and i agree of of course asking for forgiveness from the other person but then asking for forgiveness uh from god too
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: think the trouble is not as much like oh i got to forgive myself but actually internalizing the forgiveness accepting the forgiveness that god actually freely offers and somehow i think you know as human beings we have a hard time we, ha- we we're like okay i have to do penance i have to pay mm-hmm. but realizing that god is saying no i want to freely forgive yes you do need to make a change. You do need to make amends to the person that you've hurt, but my forgiveness is free and my grace is free. And really all you need to do is accept that. What makes you you know, think that you're actually somehow greater than God, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can't forgive yourself, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: like I'm a rung above God and mm-hmm. I can get a person's uh, forgiveness, God's forgiveness, but... Now I ha- just have to overcome this third obstacle of forgiving myself. And what we don't realize is again that goes to a feeling, it's mm-hmm. not the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so we have to be careful with that. And it's it's also a cognitive distortion, one of the 10 main ones, and that's disqualifying the positive. We're so we so can't see that so and so's forgiven us or god's forgiven us that we now have to create some imaginary obstacle to now be forgiven and you know i know a lot of people talk about this so this is why i think about these things and and bring it up and that's that we do need to just let it go because the yeah. truth is it's taken care of
0: and that really gets us right into our fourth tip for dealing with guilt which is healthy self-talk mm-hmm. because a lot of times I think we can go through this experience of, okay, yes, I'm guilty. And here's the reason why. And okay. I'm working. I've worked on making amends and I've, you know, asked for forgiveness. I'm making a living amends and changing my behavior. I've um, asked God and, and I've, you know, tried to do what I can spiritually to resolve that, but we can still feel plagued by the feelings of yes. guilt. So, Anything else you would add as far as that self-talk element and how we can make sure that we're not getting sucked into that feeling, even though we've actually done everything we we needed to do to resolve the guilt?
1: Yeah, I think we have this sort of masochistic view of ourselves. Like, I just have to keep beating up myself. But I like to ask people, at what point is enough? You know, will you ever get to that place where you have beaten yourself up so much that now it's okay to move on or is this just a perpetual beating that never ends and so if we look at it like that we can start to realize yeah I wouldn't do this to anybody else why Mm. am I continuing to do this to myself as though I deserved this that doesn't make up for the work it doesn't make up for the other things it's just this psychological problem that we often have that we don't realize is not healthy either.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where people can get caught in that cycle. And in a way you ask, well, when is it going to be enough? Mm-hmm. If you if you have that sense of like, well, I have to beat myself up enough to pay. A lot of times that it's never enough. and And people will just continue to perpetually mm-hmm. do that. And so it seems to me, and this is also what I encourage my clients to is, you know, really not just getting sucked into the feeling and saying, okay, this is a feeling, but my feelings are not always accurate. Yes. And so when that feeling comes up of, and I identify now it has actually become inappropriate guilt. Mm-hmm. And so in a way I have to kind of have a boundary with myself and say, or with my feelings at least and say, okay, Thank you for uh, the reminder, but this is now inappropriate. I've taken care of that and reminding myself that, look, I've gone through these first three steps in the process, and so I can move forward in my life and do it actually with joy Yeah, because now I'm free, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and we talk to kids all the time. You know, healthy discipline is when the punishment matches the crime. We should do that with ourselves, too. The punishment should match the crime. If I do the work, that's the punishment to go with the crime. I don't have to continue to beat myself up over and over again. Because one of the questions we ask our thoughts is, is this helpful? Mm -hmm. Is it actually doing something productive? Is this keeping me from doing other things? And that could be a whole nother podcast on that. But sometimes we do things so we don't have to do other things. And that might keep me from being somewhat successful in life Mm -hmm. by continuing to beat myself up.
0: Absolutely. And it can be a huge roadblock for people. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get to our final tip with dealing with guilt, which actually is kind of the outcome of going through these other four steps. And that is gratitude, fostering gratitude. So uh, what Can you tell us about gratitude and guilt?
1: Mm -hmm. One of the beautiful things that comes out of crises is growth. And when I see things like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, how did that get started? Mm. That was a mother who experienced the loss of a child due to drunk driving. So this organization comes up that helps other people not have to go through that experience. And that's the same way with gratitude. When we're focused on the things that we're grateful for, we won't want to hurt people. We won't want to keep doing the things that maybe got us into that situation in the first place. And it's a place of growth and we can help people now too versus hurting them.
0: And I love that because when we really look at it in that context, Guilt and going through that process can actually be a very good thing. It can strengthen uh, our own character, our own development as people. It can also even strengthen relationships. Absolutely. Because, you know, by going through that process of amends and uh, making things right, there's restitution there. And then, of course, even spiritually speaking, like we were talking before, it can strengthen our relationship with God. And it can even help us to identify like where our boundaries need to be and all these things. So I think there's a lot to be grateful for when we're going through this process of dealing with guilt.
1: Yeah. And there's when I when I work with people on gratitude, sometimes we think we have to have something enormous to be grateful for. But if you have trouble being grateful Start even if you can't think of anything, start with asking yourself, instead of what am I grateful for, what would I miss if I didn't have Hmm. it? Because sometimes that's the second place because I'm not there quite yet, but I can recognize these are things that I appreciate and then reframe that and say, oh, I must be grateful for that then. And then you work your way up or you work your way down because there's small things that we Disqualify because they don't seem big enough. And then there's big things that are right in front of us that we ignore that we can be grateful for too.
0: That's right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us thank you. today. And I want to thank each of our listeners for tuning in to our mm-hmm. podcast on guilt. Hopefully this was very informative for you and will be practical for dealing with your own feelings of guilt. We all get them on occasion, but remember these five steps to name it, to explore it, to take the steps towards resolution, to really correct our thinking and have the healthy self-talk, and finally, to practice gratitude.
1: Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.